What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Magic of Bro Transformation Podcast, episode 40. This week of all weeks, I am joined by the one and only bro amongst bros, Juan. Hello. Mike may or may not hop in in the middle of this. We'll see. <laughs> but I want to thank you anyway for coming in, joining us, and listening to our discussion about one of the described as greatest anime of all time. Really? I mean, people say that. Hmm. Naoki Urasawa's, Urasawa's monster. Ooh. Yeah. Starring Charlize Theron. <laughs> and before we get into whatever that is, uh, let's get the, the pleasantries out of the way. No, Apologies again for getting this out a little bit later than usual. Uh, well, I mean, not later than usual. It should come out on uh, the same day as always. But for getting this out two weeks later than I promised originally. Yeah. Yeah, stuff, you know, happens. Yeah, and also it's a pretty long uh, a series. It's also a pretty long series. Unfortunately, we have jobs. Yeah. And other projects that we will not discuss on this podcast. So um, many projects. So many projects. Some of them, I really hope something happens with it and doesn't just turn to be nothing at all. Yeah. But that will be discussed in the days to come. Also, before we keep going, just wanted to let you guys know that after this episode, we will have one more episode and take a little holiday break, essentially. We'll do kind of what we did last year and put out some fillers during the holiday seasons put out some yeah. probably do like a halloween thing yeah. do yeah. some stuff in november do some yeah. holiday stuff in december yeah. yeah we'll see how that goes i have some stuff planned out that i want to watch because uh i've never watched them and i'm probably going to do some stuff with mark also because i'm sure he's never watched them either yeah, yeah. And we'll also have Juan, because I think Juan's watched most of them, but I haven't told him what I'm talking about. So, no. no. So it'll be a nice little surprise, and they'll be like, oh, really? You haven't seen those? And I'll be like, yeah. Meet the Feebles Part 2. Meet the Feebles Part 2. With the the elephant-chicken damn hybrid. Yeah, with the more realistic uh, body parts this time. (laughs) Now you'll have uh, puppet vaginas and penises with disgusting detail. Body horror. More body horror. Even more than normal. <laughs> so, we'll start this off with a little backstory, some information or whatever. Uh, Juan, you mm-hmm. said that you haven't heard this been called like one of the like greatest shows of all time or whatever. No. Uh, where? But have you heard of it before? No, not at all. Oh, really? Nope. Wow. I was completely blind, um, and uh, you took the Pepsi challenge. I took the Pepsi challenge, and uh, I I kind of like it, but I I don't know. I I want, part of me does want to say it is one of the greatest animes, but, but another part of you know. wants to say they sure did kill a lot of time. They sure did. But, but I guess we'll get into that in a little bit later. Uh, the mm-hmm. first time I actually heard about this was. I want to say around 2006 when I was in high school, mm. I had a friend that I would walk um, from 
not home with, but like we'd just walk around after school and I'd go to my grandma's eventually. Mm-hmm. And he happened to live close to the high school. So we walked to his house one day and he gave me like, I had my USB stick and he gave me some Bleach episodes because I was at the time that Bleach was uh, coming out in Nippon. Mm-hmm. And I would usually get them either from my cousin's laptop or get them from him. And he also happened to be watching this show. And he gave me some episodes. And I was like, oh, yeah, this show. And the you know the older I got, the more I heard about this show. And it was generally regarded as like a a really good drama or like people just held it in such high uh praise so mm-hmm. to where i would always want to watch it and you know with that kind of notoriety you kind of at least in my case like the the reason i don't want anybody to be like oh my god this is like the greatest thing ever to me because then i have this i start getting the mindset to which i'm expecting a lot mm. And see, yes. See, for me that was that was different. I guess because I haven't heard the hype from it. So now, like, what a decade later, I'm I'm watching it, and I'm looking at YouTube videos of what other people think, and I see a lot of um, confusion in the show, like what it was trying to say or what what the story was going through. And I think a lot of it was because it was pretty long. Yeah, but um, but I don't know if it's because it, it was a newer generation of people watching it, and they're like, I don't get it, or it's, I don't know. Uh, I mean, people. Here's the thing: this, the I feel like this anime has some like a few things to say, but in the end, it's just a good crime drama. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people look for explanations and things where maybe the explanation isn't as deep as you'd like it to be. Mm-hmm. But you know who am I to say? I'm not Naoki Urasawa, <laughs> uh, one of Guillermo del Toro's favorite manga artists. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons, I don't know if you know anything about this, but basically this anime is in like a little, at least the anime itself, the manga is released by Viz Media, but the yeah. anime is in like a little limbo. There was a point where they were showing it on sci-fi. Uh, mm-hmm. two episodes at a time mm. but then after that um, they they released um, 15 episodes on DVD and then after that they didn't release anything because apparently it didn't sell that well mm. and they just kind of let the license expire but after it expired um, a lot of people tried, like, have been trying to get their hands on it for mm-hmm. one reason or another the latest holder was Guillermo del Toro as far as my like short bit of research has been Mm-hmm. Um, because he's been trying to get this made into a live action adaptation, yeah, mm-hmm. either for an HBO series or a movie or some other stuff. But he's pitched it to a few different things, and it's. I'm guessing that whoever he's working with or him still own the rights to it, so they don't mm-hmm. really, um, like trying to see this get released through streaming or even a DVD or a Blu-ray is going to be a pretty difficult thing as long as they're interested in the property. Yeah, so they're more interested in owning it but not really doing anything with it. Yeah, I mean, they want to do stuff with it, but Mm -hmm. it it doesn't have to... They don't want to do stuff with the actual anime. They just want, like, the property itself, I guess. Yeah, I guess they just want to, I don't know, get 
parts of the of the story and do something with it. Yeah, because it's uh, especially later on, it gets like the story does some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and uh, like I was because for a long time I was wondering why doesn't like I've heard such high, like I've heard this anime talked about pr- mm-hmm. a pretty decent amount by people from other like podcasts or YouTubers and stuff and was wondering why don't they ha- why like why doesn't Crunchyroll or High Dive or even Verve or Funimation mm-hmm. like do something with this and i guess that's why like it hasn't mm-hmm. happened yeah well it would be kind of cool if they did an HBO series because it has it, i mean it's 70 episodes long but that's enough to make maybe one or two seasons yeah I, um, I, or three or they could also do the drama thing and just kind of stretch things out yeah and um it seems like it's it's long enough and in a low uh slow burn enough that you know it, it'll get better and better as time goes by but maybe people won't get interested in the beginning but as soon as things ramp up that's when the, there's going to be a lot of uh, popularity yeah and also this there's no reason that this has to be animated like there. Yeah. There are very, very few scenes in the actual show itself to where I was like, oh, yeah, that's they could only do that in animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I mean, basically, basically everything is just like you could just do it with people. Yeah. And yeah. I also want to say that, like, for the first I don't I don't know about for the very first time, but this is one of the first times where I could say um, that for sure I can see the manga being a lot better at least in my opinion than the anime mm-hmm. because i feel like a lot of the parts that i didn't like about this show um i could just kind of like breeze through at my own pace as opposed to having to watch it yeah and because the parts that were good were good but the parts that i didn't like i feel like really dragged on mm-hmm. and if it, and i could see myself reading the manga and just really liking it a lot more mm-hmm. which i guess yeah, speaks or- to and Naoki Arasawa's pedigree. Yeah. Yes. Or it could be that, you know, the manga is just as slow. It could be that the manga is just as slow. Yeah. It's, but we don't know. We haven't read it. We don't know. I mean, your boy Guillermo del Toro really likes it. And he also likes um, Naoki Arasawa's other works, um, 20th Century Boys. Because uh, there was a point where on Twitter he like posted his collection. I don't know what prompted it. He was just like, here, look at all my stuff. <laughs> Look at what a huge weeb I am. Yeah, look at what a huge weeb I am. He also has like a bunch of other anime works and a bunch mm-hmm. of other basically Japanese folklore and stuff in general. Because mm-hmm. you, I mean, you've seen his movies. You could, and if you look into Japanese folklore for a little bit, you could be like, oh, so that's yeah. where the guy with the eyes in his hands came from. Yeah, um, I mean, he's shown his his like little man cave. In a lot of like other shows, like Conan O'Brien, he's he's done his own like walkthrough of his place, and he has a lot of stuff. He has all all of the um, paraphernalia from his movies. He has other movies. He even goes out and collects like um, classic horror movie props and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Yeah, it's but, really um, nuts. Yeah, and and I like that he references a lot of stuff, but it's not blatant ripoff. Yeah, it's not just like a one for one thing. It's always like his take on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I, I spent like the 
where I saw it the most was whenever when he directed Hellboy two, and I saw like this was before I even knew um, who Guillermo del Toro was because I don't really look into actors or directors when it comes to you know theatrical released movies and it's just i just don't unless mm-hmm. they like i hear about them a lot and then then i just remember their name and stuff just yeah. just because they're referenced a lot but uh when before i even knew who he was i was like man those guys look a lot like the people from pan's labyrinth and <laughs> lo and behold it was the same man yeah and dougie dungeons mm-hmm. he's been in all the movies so many movies yeah but i don't know uh, I, I do like Guillermo Nadoro's uh, movies uh, pan's Labyrinth was my favorite uh chronos um and i've and i've talked about these before in the podcast but um crimson peak when i watched it um i i watched his interviews and stuff on like what it is and how it's it's a uh, like his take on the gothic themes or the the gothic uh, literature themes mm-hmm. and when i went to go <laughs> yeah well yeah because that's part of gothic too um so gothic. and the romantic the romance so when i went to go watch his movies i had that idea in mind like this is gothic this is romantic it's not necessarily that it's a horror movie it's more it's more this, of that's a, what like down um dreary kind of tone to it mm-hmm. because that's what the romance is it, it uses a lot of the supernatural but the supernatural isn't really the the main point of, of the movies and stuff mm-hmm. it's so just I like had, an but, accent yeah 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 so i had that that idea in mind and i went and watched it and i liked it but um other people didn't because they didn't understand what it was or they they they, they wanted to go they wanted to go get their fucking jump scares they wanted to go watch the nun yeah so it, it wasn't as scary for them or they're laughing at you know the ghosts and stuff and and i thought the ghosts were like beautifully made but um but no it's i guess what i'm trying to get at is he uses a lot of references he uses a lot of um he does his homework when he does a lot of his his uh directing and his his designs and stuff but at one point i feel like that could be a little bit elitist because i understand what he's doing or i understand the themes and stuff but the general audience uh doesn't mm -hmm. really have a grasp on what he's trying to do right so whenever i watch his movies i like them but i'm like uh am i one of the few that understand this or am i just being elitist about it as somebody that went to go see crimson peak and thought it was okay <laughs> i i guess i don't know i mean the way that i the way that i look at movies is also different than the general populace looks at movies mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. just because every story has already been told mm-hmm. it's just the way that you tell the story is the way that i see movies and series and tv shows which is a shitty way of looking at things yeah but it still leaves you open to getting surprised or having your expectations played with. And whenever somebody is able to do that, I really appreciate it. But with that movie, I was like, yeah, this is, this is all right. I, I see. I get what he was doing, but I can see why people didn't like it. So, and then again, the romance, people think romantic and they think romance novels. They think yeah. love. Uh, they don't understand that back in the day, romantic isn't really, romantic romantic wasn't necessarily about just love yeah it was literally like 
you were stuck in an, in an unhappy marriage or there was a ghost telling you to, you know, leave the man because he's abusive. <laughs> or or creepy castles, too. Creepy castles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's get back to Monster a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, so this was 74 episodes. The longest mm-hmm. anime that we've seen on this podcast to date. Yep. What this was originally supposed to be was Legend of the Galactic Heroes, but that didn't go anywhere near as planned. And also, that's really? 110 episodes. Yeah. Jesus. And you re- you remember when you, me, and Mark tried watching it together? Yeah. Um, and then like <laughs> just I I was thinking about making it into an ep- and like making it into a podcast episode, mm-hmm. but we just had so much trouble trying to watch it. And then the daunting thought of trying to watch 110 episodes was just like fuck so i talked to mike about it and i was like oh why don't we just watch monster i've always wanted to watch that Mm -hmm. and i you know which kind of sucks that he's not here but Mm -hmm. hopefully he shows up to give his input on it but uh yeah how'd you feel about the 74 episodes see i was like holy shit 74 episodes but then i was and then you know then again, we had a really long period of time where we weren't going to, you know, do a podcast on it. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing is I was like, okay, I need to watch these episodes. So good thing, you know, Danny had his uh, his hard drive here because, you know, he has the, the anime. So he let me borrow his hard drive and I was watching it. And I would sometimes pay attention to it and sometimes I wouldn't, but I would watch maybe, I don't know, like three or four episodes at a time on, on the weekdays and on the weekends I would binge 10 uh, a day. Um, and somehow I made it through, but yeah, if I can do 70, I mean, I can do a hundred maybe. Eventually. Eventually. The, <laughs> the way that I went through it was basically, I just marathoned it little by little, like 10 episodes, mm-hmm. 10, about 10 episodes by 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. which is weird for me because I don't typically marathon the other shows that we watch. I usually watch like three or four episodes at a time, but that's only because I guess I'm trying to disperse them between these two weeks. And then usually I watch like uh, the last six or seven the day before mm-hmm. or, or even like the day of, I finally yeah. just like, get it together and i'm like all right i guess i gotta watch this <laughs> so so yours is more of a pacing where like if you watch like a maybe 24 or even a 13 episode you watch maybe yeah, a couple here and there right yeah but then mm-hmm. when when it was this i was like fuck i know how i am i'm gonna end up watching this at like the last minute because i'm gonna yeah. you know that's just how i am so i just decided to go like just go for it and watch like 10 12 mm-hmm. i think there was one point when i watch 15 episodes and then i got to like i want to say episode 45 and, and then i just kind of waited until like the last few days and then i've <laughs> like today i I watched the last episode today <laughs> well because i mean the last I mean, we'll talk about more later when we get into more spoilery mm. things because i still want to do yeah. that thing where we talk a little bit about it vaguely that way mm-hmm. i can not um, alienate people that listen to the podcast that are like, oh no, spoilers. Yeah, and we could actually just well, talk about the thing, and then I could say, all right, now here are the spoilers, and then we could start yeah. talking about that. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to point out one thing too. Yes. Uh, I finished the anime, I think, before going to San Japan. Mm. Like um, that night after work, I just watched. I forgot. I had like 20 more episodes. So I watched the first 10 that day. And then uh, the next day, I watched uh, the other 10. Mm-hmm. So um, I finished it before the, the day before uh, heading off to San Antonio. So you've had a lot of you've had a decent amount of time now to like uh just brew the mm-hmm. thoughts of this show in your mind. Right. That makes one of us. <laughs> Who knows? I when I talked to Mike, I think he said he was on like episode forty five or something like that mm-hmm. outside Japan. Yeah. So. I mean if he hasn't seen this since then, it's I mean it's it is pretty long and I feel like it's one of those where if you don't finish it, I guess, you know, keep watching it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say just keep watching it because it is 74 episodes. It is. But uh, if if I didn't have this podcast, I would have dropped mm-hmm. this at like episode 15 because <laughs> that whole thing. It, like th- that there's whole a lot show. of filler. Yeah, I, I was just like, Meh. and it really sucked. Because uh, I'll talk about this a little bit more later on. But mm-hmm. it really sucked because I was watching it in my room with my brother and his girlfriend was there. And his girlfriend doesn't like anime typically. And mm-hmm. she went there. Uh, I watched it two days in front of them. And the first day, like, she was super into it. She was like, oh, wow, I don't typically, like, like anime. But this seems, like, really different. And then the next day, she just completely ignored it because it was that part with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dieter and shit. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, so, mm-hmm. this show came out in two thousand four, went out until two thousand five, and I was kind of shocked when I saw the amount of shows that Studio Madhouse, the people that made this, put out in two thousand four, mm-hmm. because it was a, uh, you know, this was a different time before we had like seventy or eighty anime coming out at the same time. I think there's. Right. There, and like in 2004 there was only like 14 or 15 20 maybe at most i yeah. didn't actually check but the ones that came out by madhouse were beck paranoia agent goku sen and tojo tenge and yeah. i think there was like two more uh but those are just the ones that i know about mm-hmm. and the idea that this that monster came out at the same time as Paranoia Agent and Beck, which are other two like pretty good shows, mm-hmm. is just to just goes to show how how good Madhouse was at this time, or how good it was up to a point. Because now, um, Madhouse still puts out a decent amount of things, but the staff that it had around this time and like earlier is pretty. It was pretty crazy. Because they did a lot of experimental shit along with a lot of popular stuff. How so? Um, well, you remember Bobby's Girl? Yeah. They do things like that. And mm. then they do stuff like, you know, like this show. Like this show where they do Beck. They just, mm-hmm. they just go all around. They basically, I think what they would do is try and make something that would appeal to the general population like what they do what's popular at the time to mm-hmm. try and make money but then they'd also go out of their way to make something artistic something different something that a lot of studios would 
basically go bankrupt by doing but because they put out so much like good stuff they could mm -hmm. they take that risk and so they they fund their own little uh, experiments yeah and i also heard that it had a lot to do with us a lot of the producers that were there at the time mm -hmm. basically like all the producers that were there were mm -hmm. the ones that were like yeah let's fucking let's do this crazy ass shit mm -hmm. you know just yeah yeah and and this anime it, it does feel timeless now the the animation itself or the i guess the style I'm, I'm trying to say does feel like it is early 2000s or maybe a little bit going towards the late 2000s but um i don't know the story seems to be timeless even though it's literally set in in, you a, know, in a specific time yeah yeah in a specific time it, it just feels like this could be just a, a period uh, anime like a, yeah. a time period anime yeah and uh, and it does a really good job with keeping with that, that time and i don't know it, it just feels like it it's a like a historical drama basically yeah it's a show where i would say i mean i don't know what you look for in animation but if you're looking for story and drama there's a pretty good show if you're looking for mm. actually if you're looking for style and animation uh, I mean, the show has style, but I don't know if I would say it's a style that you're looking for. It's yeah. like a very semi-realistic style. The character designs aren't really amazing. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, the character well, designs are good, but yeah, and there's no variation. There's like well, a set amount of people that are the just like eventually he you rotate through all the people and mm. you start seeing the same kind of design over and over again right but there are some people it's weird because it ranges the majority of them just stay in that realistic proportions and stuff and then you get some of the uh i guess goofier characters that do get a little bit more caricaturized yeah um but i feel like that one like that one guy i forgot his name like the um, the reporter guy no the the booktooth guy Oh fucking uh, sleazy man, McSleazy son, yeah, ponytail guy. guy. I forget. I also yeah. forget his name. But yeah, like, but after that, there's just basically like the people that have um, Ava's face, then the people that have everybody else's face, basically. Because I, I yeah. like, I understand that the character designer for the anime can't go too far off from the manga and. Mm -hmm the manga is you know ha already has the characters designed in a certain way right. but it was weird i don't know if they went out of their way to get this guy or if he just happened to fall onto their lap and he, he was like they were like hey just work on this because the character designer uh worked on a lot of studio ghibli films mm. mostly as an animator not actually as a character designer mm -hmm. but you would think that uh working on ghibli films would give him like a little bit more of a a different look but at the same time uh not all artists like doing the things that they do <laughs> yeah like i was i also wanted to see uh his name is uh kitaro Kos kosaka i wanted to look up like what he worked on just to get an idea of like what what he's done before and basically he worked on the very first studio ghibli film called uh lupta castle in the sky uh 
as a key animator. He also worked on Grave of the Fireflies as a key animator. Mm-hmm. And Osama Tezuka's Metropolis, which I own, but I haven't seen. Princess Mononoke, he was an animation supervisor, Spirited Away, an animation director. Howl's Moving Castle, he was also an animation director. And he's basically, like, he's worked on a lot of stuff. Like, a lot of very notable stuff, but mm-hmm. never as a as a character designer. But, like I said, he was kind of limited to what he could do with the characters that were basically already designed for him. Mm-hmm. So I could see, oh, you know, why my slight criticism of the character designs are what they are. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, go, uh, remembering, you know, what what i watched i kind of did get confused as to who was who at one point because they all look kind of similar yeah especially like the reporters um the guys <laughs> the guys that worked at the newspapers that they were mm. both fat and they were both they <laughs> both kind of had the same voice i i i yeah i watched this dub and juan also watched this dub mm-hmm. uh and and in the dub they had like a similar voice and they looked pretty much the same <laughs> Yeah, and there was at one point where I was like, "Wait, whoa, whoa! Isn't this guy dead?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I was like, "Are they in a flashback?" You know, because they they do that a lot. They they do go through some flashbacks, but um, I just you know just looking at the characters, I I was thinking maybe I just need to pay more attention to them. But um, the few times that I was paying attention, I still got confused because they some of these characters look the same. Yeah, not you know some some of them not all of them not the main mm-hmm. characters are the main characters they're mm-hmm. distinguished by their looks but uh, i gotta say that one of the few things that i do like about the similar character designs is that their personalities suit them like suit to the way that they look mm-hmm. like the way that they're characterized in the show basically tells you how their personality is going to be before you even see them because of the way right. that they're like the sharpness of their eyes or the roundness of their eyes, mm-hmm. their, their nose, they're just facial str- like everything you see them and you're like, ah, that's going to be this kind of character, yeah. which is cool. I mean, granted they, they had 70 episodes to tell you. Yeah. They, they, they also had 70 episodes to tell you, <laughs> but like some of the, just some of the people that he met on the side of the road, like you could tell who was going to be a piece of shit. Yeah. By just basically, like literally, you just judge a book by by its cover, and most of the time you'd be right. Mm-hmm. I guess since we already brought up the way that we watched this, I don't know how Mike watched it, but I tried giving the subtitled episodes like mm-hmm. I want to say about fifteen episodes total. I would just mm-hmm. like play them from time to time here and there, sometimes for like two or three episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. But I just yeah. didn't like it too much comparatively yeah. yeah well on mine i i avoided the subs I, for some reason this is the only anime where um i watched it completely in dub like all the way through it wasn't my choice i think uh danny's hard drive just had it in english or because i chose it in english i just kept it that way hmm. like it never like defaulted to japanese or anything but when I would watch some of the YouTube commentaries on him or like trying to explain what's going on for, you know, you know, once I was done with, with the, with the, uh, the show, mm-hmm. uh, some of them did have the, the Japanese dub in them and I didn't like it. Um, the, to me, the voices felt pretty flat. 
Yeah. Um, you and I were talking before we started recording, and I said mm -hmm. to you, this, the Japanese seemed fairly stereotypical. Or, mm -hmm. I don't know if stereotypical is the right word. Just like, just like, uh, not that great. It, yeah. It just seemed like, I, I, I get what they were going for. They're trying to suit these characters with a specific voice to make them sound, mm -hmm. you know, the way that you would think that they'd sound. But, like, I didn't like Inspector Lungi's voice. I felt like, I, I like the voice itself, but I don't like it on that character. Mm. I felt like a lot of the other characters just kind of felt like, eh, like you said, like flat or, mm. I, I mean, the, I like <clears throat> Nina's voice a lot better in Japanese, but, uh, in English, whenever she emoted, just the mm -hmm. fucking emotions that she put into that. Yeah. Just, and, it was great. And I like, uh, Nina slash, you know, we'll, we'll just call her Nina. Anna. Um, Anna, uh, I, I like her voice in english because i heard snippets of it in japanese and i was like mm, it falls flat whereas you know in english yeah her her voice just sounds standard when she's talking yeah when she's when she's just like being normal being a person yeah which yeah but when she gets triggered and she's hyperventilating that's where she's really really good like the voice actress did a lot of of work to you know to portray nina and it just sounds great like like you can hear the tension you can hear the panic in her voice when she, you know when she's breathing really hard or when she's hyperventilating and um my and favorite part is a, a spoiler basically of like what oh happens to no. her but uh I'll, I'll get into that when we get to the spoiler side okie dokie my i gotta say like especially near the end all the fucking all the emotion that that the voice actors put in the dub is mm -hmm. was really good. I never expected mm -hmm. to see so much emotion from Inspector Lunge. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought you know they were gonna keep him as this robotic entity, as you know somebody yeah. who doesn't feel or anything. But then mm -hmm. you know all that stuff that happens in the end mm -hmm. kind of pulls all that raw emotion out of him, and I was like, man, this. Right. This is pretty good. I'm I'm glad I'm stuck with the I'm glad I stuck with the dub. I feel like yeah. the the voice actors and the ADR director did a good job on that. And mm -hmm. and it wasn't done by a, an anime studio actually. I mean, you know, really? they they do western shows, mm -hmm. but they don't act, do if at all any anime other than mm. this. It was a Salami Studios <laughs> and They've done Avatar The Last Airbender. They oh, did okay. Cow and Chicken back in the day, Family Guy, Invader Zim, My Little mm -hmm. Pony, Friendship is Magic, and a bunch of video game stuff also. Mm -hmm. So they're, mm -hmm. they're, I'm guessing they're well, um, they have a lot of tools at their disposal when it comes to American voice acting instead of, um, you know, subtitling or dubbing mm -hmm. animation studios who right. try and play to the audience that they're going for as opposed to trying to pick out what's right for the characters what, yeah what uh, sometimes they do but most of the time it's just like all right let's try and make them sound like the japanese voice and yeah then or they sound super or, soft yeah dr sandman's what's it um or or you know, Doctor Temmins. That's how he, he really spoke. He was really uh, soft spoken. Oh yeah, he was really soft spoken. But I also feel like that 
suited his character. There, yeah. there were some times um, when I was like, eh. <laughs> but, but there was a one point where it, it kind of threw me off, but then I got used to it, like, real, really quick. Um, one of the characters had a southern accent. Um, the, the rich old man. Oh, uh, yes. The, uh, <laughs> the blind man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. And yeah, he he just had a southern accent. I was like, this is weird. This is like in German slash, you know, the European area. And this guy has a southern accent. But I was like, okay. Uh, and, but but I just got like let go and I got used to it real quick. Yeah, I understood what they were trying to do because they're they're going through different European countries. They're trying to show like different accents. There was a, a point where some British people showed up. And that was also kind of weird. Well, they, they were actually British. Yeah, they were yeah. actually British. And- yeah. But you know, British people speak English, and mm-hmm. most of the most of this is supposed to be in German. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna do the show in German, especially yeah. because I'm or pretty German sure none accents. or German accents, because yeah. you know, you don't do that nowadays, <laughs> or even yeah. back in those days. That's just not that's come on. Yeah, but but they did do a good job, kind of pointing out that they that they were. That they were speaking differently. Yeah. Yeah, because at one point when the British people were talking, the other characters would be like, what are they saying? But they're all, you know, speaking English. But it's to give you an understanding that they're speaking a different language. You know, Dr. Tema can speak German and possibly English and, you know, Japanese. Yeah. He's a man that's well-versed in many languages. Mm -hmm. And so I think the only time that there was actually any any phrases instead of just like single words in German, any mm-hmm. fr- foreign phrases was when they, when they were in a certain part and there was, there were some people speaking Czech, like yelling through the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or sometimes there would, there would be um, German words if they're in a different area. Just yeah. So just they like give you an understanding that, yeah. Just to give you an understanding that they're in a different place. And Dr. Tenma doesn't know the the language in that area, so he has to like default to uh, German. Yeah, and, and um, I like the little history lesson that you get with this show, also, especially because mm-hmm. this show spanned what like about for sure ten years, but uh, I don't know how much time elapsed after. I mean, it was I guess it was enough for uh, you know no nah, that would get into spoilers. I guess well, I don't know. Well, it, this is like towards the be- the very beginning of the show, and I think. The show does span ten years, but they also said it was six years after the the fall of the Berlin Berlin Wall. So this tells you, you know, where exactly we're we're looking at. Yeah, like we're in the timeline, and you get to a point where cell phones become a thing, where as before it wasn't. And big you know, chunky cell phones, big chunky cell phones, <laughs> but cell phones nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cell phones are great, great, great grandparents. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's kind of cool because the the time period. I don't know. It, it's hard to explain because it doesn't focus too much on the time period, other than it it reminds you that this is after the fall of the Berlin Wall. There's still you know Nazi history going on. You know, there's still um, things that the Nazis did that still echo up until today and things like that. And other than like the history lesson lesson that it gives you. It doesn't force you that, you know, telling you that it's the 90s. Yeah, um, there's nothing, there's nothing in so in your face. It's like, look at it. This is when it's happening. 
yeah, look at the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on TV. Like, it, it doesn't give you any of that. Um, but you do see that speckled throughout only because it's using technology from back in the from day, like the computers the day, yeah. and stuff. And, you know, they, they do do, like, years from time to time. Mm-hmm. And they say, like, a few months later or a few years later or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just to show time moving. Yeah, time skipping. Yeah. All right, one. So somebody comes up to you and tells you, so I've heard a lot about this show, Monster. Uh, it's 74 episodes. I don't know if I'm willing to put in the time. What do you think? Should mm. I watch it? I would say yes. Mm. I would probably tell them, yeah, also, you should maybe, yeah, you should watch it. It's The show is all right. Then it gets good. Then it gets better. And then it gets really good. Mm-hmm. There was one time when I was thinking to myself, if I were, if I didn't have this podcast, I'd drop it. But I pushed through, and who knows? Maybe you should push through too. Uh, I want to say it's like it's a show where you're curious. It's one of those shows where you're curious about what happens to the in the next episode. But it never got me to the point where I was like, I have to watch the next episode. Mm-hmm. to know what happens because i was always yeah. like oh i could just i'll just pick this up later what what made me come back to this granted it wasn't like i had to i must know i must watch it but what really got me back to the show uh time and time again was the mystery yeah it did have a lot of mystery and it was like it, it's weird like the, how the story centers around this certain event or the certain character that you see come up every once in a while but there's just so much so much going on nothingness right there's just so much unknown packed into it where you're just like how does everything fit into all this yeah, how, you, you want to see out? you want to see the the strings less together at the end mm-hmm. you're just right. you're like i wonder how this happens yeah or why why is this happening? How is this person involved? Because you realize later down the road that all these characters um, that are introduced, they show up time and time again, and they're kind of attached to this mystery yeah. without maybe without them realizing it or not. Yeah. All right, Juan. I think now is as good as time as I need to say. Spoilers. If you want to watch this show, you should just stop watching. You should just stop listening. Go watch it, I guess. And then come back. And then come back. Listen to the rest of it. Pick it up from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so how do you feel about the ending? Um, because it was so like, fucking happy. Ah, uh, it it was it had a happy ending, but then it also had that mystery. Um, yeah, it had it had that uh that whole thing with Johan in the hospital bin at the end. Yeah, and and we should probably bring up who Johan is because the whole story centers around who Johan is who this character is and he's that mystery you know he's that he's the monster yeah he's the the monster and for a while i'm glad it didn't do this but for a while in the early episodes when they brought up 511 kinderheim Mm -hmm. i thought oh god they're just gonna this this is what it's all gonna be about Mm -hmm. this is how they're gonna explain away his actions because it seemed like this is this is the kind of show that likes to give you an explanation for things, mm-hmm. um, but luckily, Five One One Kinderheim was just a small like flavor. 
mm-hmm. in this soup of drama. Yeah. As opposed to like, like the only thing. Yeah, because everyone's like, oh, yes, 501 Kinderheim, you know, this is where it all started. And then once you get to that, which is maybe like a few episodes in out of the yeah. 70, mind you, this is like in the very beginning, you, it turns out, oh, it's not just 511 Kinderheim. I have to go all the way fucking to the birthplace of these yeah, kids. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what happens here. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, you know, I, I felt like, ah, oh, God. I mean, I guess why people might like this. They might like <laughs> the explanation for these kids being bad because they were right. raised to be bad. But then... Right. But then you you see that oh no that's not that's not what actually happened and I was like oh yeah. thank God <laughs> <laughs> yeah because they're like they're like five one one Kinderheim you you people are monsters but the person that actually like created the program yeah. he's like no he's like that's not what's supposed to happen it's just that um Johan came and fucked everything up he ruined everything yeah he he <laughs> fucked everything by just existing. And I mean, if this show has taught me anything, it's that the power of love conquers all, Juan. Does it really, though? And except for Johan. Uh, Johan is is very... What's that word? He's very spiteful now. Yeah, he's so but, sexy. But that's, but, <laughs> yeah, and sexy, too. <laughs> but uh, he... And they, they always repeat how he's very handsome and he's so very good-looking. So handsome. Good so good-looking. And good he, looking. Uses, he uses his looks, you know, to get his way with people and by his way i mean like he uh he um forces them to do stuff or you know brainwashes them by just you know giving them a, a wink and that's it mm-hmm. but um i i i enjoyed his character because they gave him this air of mystery even towards the very end where you yeah. think he's in a coma and then and he then he gives that message to tenma yeah Are and you... even then even then it just seems like it was a dream but then like the the very end credits is his bed empty. Empty, yeah. And there was, according to this list here, there is mm-hmm. one special. I don't know if it was on a DVD or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm curious about what that is. I wanted to try and watch it before the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really want to look too hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Might, <laughs> see, might see that later just to see, like, what's up. Right. But, right. Um, I, I don't know. I felt like if I liked the ending, it was mm-hmm. such a contrast to the rest of the events before it. You're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, look at all these people. They're so happy now. Yeah. Except for Johan. But, uh, <laughs> I felt like the whole, the episode before that, the, just like the poetic ending, the way mm-hmm. that everything just looped back to the very beginning yeah just went full circle and you're like jesus christ this man right this fucking writer is amazing i love it this character is a saint this character is a saint nobody nobody gets what they want but everybody gets what they want you're like you can feel their satisfaction and their dissatisfaction at the same time their conflicting feelings i thought it was great the way that that entire thing played out yeah everybody it's like everybody got what they wanted in a very twisted way yeah and it was like it was like you get this but you're not gonna be happy that you get it in the end and when they uh if they would have ended it when dr tenma was asked to get onto the helicopter 
and they showed him like getting you know walking towards the lights and then showed him on the medical tape you know with his mm-hmm. scrubs on and everything with the gloves on and said all right the surgery will now begin and they, if they would have ended it there i would have been like ah oh, yes just have an open-ended ending that everybody would have hated except me <laughs> I, no, I, I would i felt like that i would have been beautiful I would have been disappointed too because I felt like there needed to be more. They needed to push it more, and they did. And they pushed it, and they put it in an area where it's like you still have that open ended because Johan is still because alive. Johan, Johan still is, alive. is awake. Yeah, and he and he's still spiteful. He, he's you know, not the whole a happy point. Man. Yeah, and the whole point, and we should bring up uh, Nina slash Anna because these are twins. And Nina, you no, know, Nina, not Nani. <laughs> let's bring up nanny <laughs> let's bring up nanny but um she's she's a twin to johans and they're identical twins and um it's funny how she has a happy ending because of what she's been through whereas johan just doesn't want to let go no he wants to be that monster he wants to be that you know unnatural uh, inhuman force and it all basically stems from needing to know or knowing that who you are he was gonna be given away or wasn't given away mm-hmm. to you know he was he was either accidentally he was either accidentally saved or his sister was sacrificed for him and mm-hmm. he holds that entire thing like in him and that's what keeps pushing him like was yeah. what what is my reason why why yeah and, and it's funny that he became a, a manic serial killer whereas nina nina was taken to 511 kinderheim it wasn't it wasn't johan it was nina and she got fucked up you know she she's twisted in the head but well no in the end i don't what i don't think she was taken to was she the one that was taken to five one Kinderheim? She, she she was because, because when did five one one Kinderheim happen? Was it before? The, I thought it was after the Red Rose hidden thing. Um, I think it was during. Because what happened is that you know the their mom were hiding them in the three frogs, you know the the little inn, the bar, and uh, they found them. But they were both dressed as little girls, Nina and Johan, and they look the same. And um, but we don't know that, and we get bits and pieces. But it's kind of weird how how they do it because it it plays with you psychologically. And Nina's like remembering, you know, bits and pieces. And at one point, she remembers going up the stairs, and she sees herself welcoming herself. Yeah, like she's opening the door, and it's her, and she's like, "Welcome home." And she's like, she's like wait a minute, that's me saying welcome home to myself. Like, how do I have a memory of my, you know, telling myself welcome home? And then she snaps and she realizes that's not her welcoming herself. That's No, I, I know all that, but it's just mm-hmm. at the timeline. I'm trying to look this up to make sure. Uh, and see, I thought it was, it was 501 Kinderheim and then the Rose, like everybody dying. No, I... Remember it being the rose, everybody dying, then they run away, and then Johan ends up at 501 Kinderheim at one point. Uh, uh, you know what? That might be right. But That's I, weird. I want, I need to know. Mm-hmm. You know, that would make more sense, but yeah, that's, that is weird. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that after they ran away from the red rose, 
mm-hmm. you know, after the Red Rose Mansion incident, um, mm-hmm. I remember Nina basically just saying that it was her that was being put through all the experiments. Yeah, like, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that was happening at the actual mansion itself, or you right. know, a little thing in the mansion. Yeah. Then they ran away, and at one point, um, Johan ended up at Five Hundred One Kinderheim because they were both runaways. Yeah. At that point, I th- I think that's when they were initially separated. Yeah, and, and th- this is a funny part because Nina tells Johan like everything that happened, and some for some reason Johan is like, "Oh, this happened to me," and he he thinks he has these memories. Yeah. And he just comes up fucked up, like, like Anna was trying to have a good life, and then Johan is like, I'm, "I'm the serial killer." Yeah, I'm the one that did those horrible things. Yeah, and it's crazy. But I'm gonna bring up my favorite part that I liked was when she was going through, um, um, uh, was those was those things called menopause? Uh, not menopause. <laughs> uh, uh, that meditation. What's the word? She was um, being hypnotized. Yeah, she was being hypnotized. She was being hypnotized, and she was going. You know, she was trying to. She was reliving her memories, and at one point, she like this totally different voice comes out of her her mouth, and, and she just beca- she becomes another person. Like uh, yeah, like she's possessed. Movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but I liked it because it was. I don't know because that's what what it sounds like when you're possessed or when you're reliving and and you have these multiple personalities and they just come up. Um I don't think they bring it up ever again, but I think that's just her I think there was a there was one point when she like her memories all flood back to her mm-hmm. and she almost gets to that point again. Uh but she's able to like fight it off. But mm-hmm. she she never like goes as deep as she's did when she was hypnotized. Yeah, yeah. And, and I liked it because it was like, holy shit, where did this come from? Like, does she have a split personality that we don't know of? Is she possessed? Like, like where did this deep, gravelly voice come from? Let me... I <laughs> I want to bring up that... I can't, I can't believe that this... I don't know. For Like we said, there there are a bunch of filler mm-hmm. episodes and you know they're they're just like drama fillers mm-hmm. where they manage to sprinkle a little bit of story to relate it mm-hmm. to everything but it, at right. the same time you're like man why the fuck is there a cutie underage <laughs> asian doctor <laughs> in this episode for some reason oh. yeah, like, yeah yeah uh, like why to just so she can get brought up in another episode and then disappear forever again yeah. Like I'm not going to say I didn't like any of those episodes mm-hmm. cuz I thought that that episode was all right. I also liked the episode mm-hmm. where Tenma goes to learn to use a gun. And yeah. you know there the story of the man who killed the mother of the daughter. Mm-hmm. Of that mm-hmm. little girl. I thought yeah. that was a good episode also. Um but but I think it, it served the purpose or or it tried to but it just overdid it. And that is introduce characters that are now going to be recurring from from then on. Yeah. But, but some a lot a decent amount of those characters weren't reoccurring or they, they just fucking died. They fucking died. Because like they, dude, they they seem to be recurring but then they just ended up dying. If you have something to do the next day, 
if you're going to see a family member that you haven't seen in years, if you're going to change your ways for somebody, you're going to die. That's what Basically. this show. If if it's your last day on the force, you're gonna die. That's <laughs> that's what this fucking show just mm-hmm. taught me. That no right. matter no matter what it is, if something good's gonna happen tomorrow, you're gonna die. <laughs> but um, another thing that I was trying to do is, I guess, prove us as the audience that Doctor Tama is a really good guy because that's what they end up doing throughout this whole show, like in the fillers. Is just proving how he's a nice guy, you know, how he goes out his way to, you know, help out people and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was a really long arc. It was like a good chunk of that arc that they were just saying, hey, look at this Japanese doctor helping out all these Europeans. Yeah. Look, what a he's, great guy he is. Look at him saving this town from being burnt to the ground. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like they overdid it on because, um, like we get it like he is the good guy he's a really really good guy and we don't need to be told this so many times yeah and i'm sure um well like i said if i was reading the manga i could skip through this i could skim through it a lot faster but because it's an it's an animated thing you have to like sit through it and watch it you could not pay attention Mm -hmm. to it or whatever but right there's a chance that you might miss something turns out you don't really miss a lot you don't miss a lot unless you really really some of like the character histories and stuff and and all yeah. that but it's pretty much irrelevant and, for the, the main plot and i think i brought this up earlier in our conversation but um if you're one of those people that likes explanations for everything <laughs> and like you're you're one of those people that for some reason when you go watch a movie you question more about the movie than you do in your actual life yeah like you look you're like oh how is that supposed to happen how does that happen blah 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 blah. and you never ask yourself how the fuck your phone works or how Mm -hmm. you know medicine makes you better like the reactions that go on in your body to cause whatever's going on but you ask but you're like that doesn't make any sense because of blah 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 then you're probably gonna like this show a lot because it i i feel like it explains a lot more than it probably has to yeah, like it. They they never had to show Tenma going to get training to get you know for his gun. They don't show, mm-hmm. they don't show anybody else doing that. Yeah, they just kind of like have this magic aiming thing. But you're like, but they go out of their way to but explain to why Tenma. he gets so good. And he's, do that. he's too nice he's, to have a gun, nice. so here he is he's shooting he's, a gun. But shooting. oh, oh, look at Nina. Nina just freaking popped out a gun out of nowhere, and he's she's shooting. Oh, oh no! Like no, Juan, it's her. It's her past. It's her past training. It's she. All the memories flooded back into her, her <laughs> head, and the muscle memory all came back. And yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but but see that that didn't take the show because it, they did explain that a lot of time has passed where you don't know what happened. We're just focusing on on uh, Doctor Tenma, but we don't know where Nina was at or. Uh, maybe she did get some training pre- uh, previously, or um, maybe her memories did come back, and you know, she... <laughs> maybe she does have that muscle memory. <laughs> yeah, she, she for <laughs> for you know, some reason, from, for some reason, when she was six years old, she just knows how to you know shoot a gun. But oh yeah, she's so good. <laughs> but that didn't that didn't you know I guess take away from from me in the movie. Whereas like some people like take Mondo for example. He's been watching a lot of movies with his girlfriend. And even then, he has to, like, question what's happening. 
but but he just gets out of it so quickly and he's like oh i'm i expected that a long time ago i'm like well it's i mean i expected it too but i want to know how they got there yeah or maybe i want to watch that movie because i like to see the designs that you know the backdrops and all that you know i don't care about the story i already know the story how it's going to go because yeah because i mean yeah this story has already been told in a different way but the way that they do it is what actually matters right and but some people just get so caught up uh, in their own bullshit right they're they're caught up they're like oh i expected that a long time ago i'm like well that's cool but did you also expect and you know or did you also notice x y and z and they don't no but like for example when nina explains you know when nina sees herself saying welcome back to herself Mm-hmm. You could tell that she looked different, and also why? I mean, mm-hmm. it, you pretty much just caught on right away. Oh, that's Johan, isn't it? He's dressed like a girl, especially I, because, <laughs> especially honest. yes. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll just let I'll let you finish. I was gonna say, it, especially because before that, they show him cross dressing, like before, true, yeah. So, true. Like I caught on to that, or I was expecting that, but I was like, all right, but why? like show let's let's see let's see where this goes yeah i'm not i'm not just gonna be like oh come on now you're telling me he's into cross-dressing <laughs> at a young age um but that that's a funny thing too i didn't even like i didn't even put two to two together i was like you i was like oh there's here's nina walking around i guess she's just left you know her friends and everything everybody yeah behind. that that whole that whole thing when he yeah. when it when it was exposed that it was johan that yeah. i think i texted you and i i texted somebody it was like i'm a fucking idiot or <laughs> i i feel like such a i feel like i was lied to or something like that yeah. because they got me see, see like he was taking like she he was talking in his in his woman voice which sounds like nina so you you know you don't catch on to it mm-hmm but then, like, he's washing his face, and then eventually he goes, he has a deeper voice, and he's taking off his wig, and I'm like, shit, my wig is snatched off, too. And I was like, this is Johan. <laughs> and and I was like, I was like, holy fuck. Like, I didn't realize that. And then, literally, when, when Nina was having her, her memories flood in, and she's, you know, talking about seeing herself, uh, talking to herself, like, mm-hmm. at the same time. I didn't put that together. Like I didn't put two, two together and be like, "Oh, that's also Johan." I, I didn't like. I didn't okay. think it. I didn't think of that. Like I didn't say, "Oh, that's for sure, Johan." But I mm-hmm. thought, "Ah, I see. I can see where this is going." But well, let's let's let the story keep playing. I didn't until literally they had to like put it in front of me and be like, "Here's Johan and here's Nina. They're both dressed as little girls and they're talking to each other." Man. And I, I was also wondering, like, why were they dressed? Like, I, know, I get it. I get why mm-hmm. they were dressed. Because, you mm-hmm. know, they were twins. She was trying to protect them. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure it was part of an experiment. And uh, the way that it that it gets brought up at the end where, you know, it shows Johan's memory of the mother trying to choose between one or the other and mm-hmm. having that, um, what's the word? that androgyny yeah get in the way and being a reason for you know something else to happen was just yeah pretty good 
Yeah, because because the way that we were told from like Nina's perspective or even the mom's perspective, she was like, "Oh, I, um, I didn't know who was who, and I just picked, you know, one of them." Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Johan, the way Johan sees it is, the mom was gonna give, um, uh, give Johan away or, uh, protect Johan. Yeah, one because I think it was like the mom hesitated. Like she was like, yeah, she was like, one of this them. one, no, yeah, this one, yeah, and I guess that that stuck with him, and that's how he got fucked up. But never mind that you know Nina was just basically not not knowing how to feel about being saved and having his sister tortured, or the mm-hmm. idea that he was the one that was supposed to be going through that because his mm-hmm. mother like fucked up, and that's mm-hmm. probably why. He stayed dressed like that. Yeah. And 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 she was like it, the way that he thinks of it is my mom mistook me for for the daughter, so that's why I was spared. It's not that she loved him or anything, it's just that he was spared. Yeah. So he has that resentment, I guess, to his his mother. And going back to the cross dressing, when when Nina was showing up at that bar and she was hanging out, like she was hanging out the, at the bar mm-hmm. and like just sitting there with Inspector Sook and, you know, being weird. I was like, this is weird. And I, I didn't, I, I wouldn't expect Nina to act like this. Oh, they're calling her Anna. Huh? I guess she just told him that her name was Anna. She's been yeah. here for a while. Huh? Oh my God. And Nina's killing people like out of fucking, nowhere i she didn't she didn't do that before like she shot people but out of self-defense she didn't just blatantly fucking kill people honestly i thought she just snapped yeah she was was, a murderer i was like what the fuck and you know that the way that they did that was pretty good yeah when they killed the baby that was also pretty good Mm -mm. i still i mean clear my mind i don't know if that was johan and drag again or if it was a prostitute that johan hired to kill the baby i don't remember because i i just remember thinking to myself ah they they showed a scene where i think they made it a bit more obvious that it might have been johan and drag Mm -hmm. getting closer to the baby but i can't say for sure Mm -hmm. because i didn't uh i was watching it on my phone and that was one of the things that i wasn't paying too much attention with yeah but that set forth the events that made this show go from good to pretty good yeah and it yeah it's like that unknown even the the story behind it which was also the end credits where it gives you an idea of like what the the whole message or the theme was to the show and that is identity Mm -hmm. Uh, these twins came up without any identities or they had identities but ripped away from them at an early age and they just don't know who the fuck they are it's important to remember who you are, Juan. Mm-hmm. Well, it's up for Johan. Johan is like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. I don't need to know who I am. I'll tell you who I am. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the monster. I'm the monster. Yeah. And we don't even know Johan's name. Like, the whole the whole journey that these twins were going was, who am I? What's my name? My name isn't really Nina. My name isn't. My name really isn't Johan. Who am I? And for Nina, you you know you're satisfied with her name being Nina because those mm-hmm. were 
basically in her eyes, her parents gave her that name. Um, she even keeps she even keeps that name. Yeah, she even keeps that name. Mm-hmm. Whereas Johan was just fucking Johan because yeah. of a picture book. Yeah. What it was a, a wonderful name that it was. was. Yeah, it was, and it was a picture book, I guess, dedicated to them. Um, but Nina's name, Nina's name given by her mother, like her real name, uh, is Fräulein. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't use that. Or her, her full name that she keeps is Nina uh, Fräulein Nina Fortner. Yeah. But she goes by, by Nina because she's, she's used to it. Yeah. And even at the end, you almost you you want to know Johan's name, but you're not giving it. You're not giving. You're it. not giving it. You don't deserve Johan's name. Also, I don't know. I like not. I like Johan being Johan. See, I I like that too. I like that that it's just Johan because again, it gives that mystery. <laughs> gives that you know he's not really human. He may have a name, but he's Johan. He's, like there's no last name, there's no family, you know, relations or anything. He was just a Johan. He was just a monster inside of the mother, that's mm-hmm. slowly getting bigger and eating her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you feel and about Grimmer? About Graver? Mm, I don't know. Did you cry when he died? I mean, <laughs> at this point, people were dying left and right. Yeah, they were fucking dropping like flies. But, I, but but he his, was one of the main characters. He he was kinda. one of the main characters. He was also one of the the kids from Five One One Kinderheim. Yeah, which there and, were there were there was a point where it was brought up that there were how many people that there were three kids hiding in that little cupboard in Five One One Kinderheim. Mm-hmm. You remember when the apprentice guy, when Johan's apprentice was like, I was there with Johan. That's when we became friends. Yeah. I I guess it either those three kids actually survived. One of them came to be Roberto, the other one Grimmer, the other one the apprentice. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, something else happened. But I like that idea that all three kids that survived the massacre underneath actually like came out in the end. Well, I don't know if that's actually think, what's supposed to be, but I, I think like one of them was a politician. Um, I uh, one of them was a politician. I forgot which were the other two, and uh, Grimmer was just someone from Five One One Kinderheim that like literally. Oh yeah, to... that's right. I think he said when he was in Five One One Kinderheim, he was like one of the older kids, so he couldn't be mm-hmm. one of the ones under the cupboard. Right. And but he he escaped. Yeah. But he's like, I don't know. He he made friends with uh, one of the kids, and he's trying to remember. He made he made he... friends with Roberto. Did he? Yeah, Roberto's that kid. N- no, because that that kid died. No, that kid uh, said he's forgetting who he was to remember to remember him. And mm-hmm. at one point, when that guy was looking for his kid, that um, yeah. I don't remember the secret police guy or whatever whatever yeah. organization organization he was with, mm-hmm. Grimmer told him that his kid liked collecting bugs and that he really liked hot cocoa and this and that. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. when Roberto was 
near the end, he said, Johan reminded me who I was. He brought me a a cup of hot cocoa, one of the only things that I enjoyed in my time, one of the only, like, pleasantries that I got at 511 Kinderheim. And I thought that was meant to be, like, your to show you that the kid that Grimmer remembered was Roberto. Mm -hmm. So Roberto wasn't really his... Because... No, because um, he he even said himself he has no name or he doesn't remember his name. Uh, see, that's what happens when you don't pay attention. Because <laughs> I, I don't remember that part at all. I just remember Roberto dying. Um, or maybe dying. I don't remember that part. It was during, at one point. It was during that, that scene when uh, fucking Inspector Lunge was grabbing at his gunshot wound and squeezing it tight. And Roberto yeah, was like yeah, choking yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I remember that part. I don't remember the other thing. Yeah, I mean, if if I hadn't not just watched it today, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have remembered that at all. Granted, it's been two weeks since I watched it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, and um, Grimmer was also uh, emotionally disconnected because he remembers. Because I remember telling a story about how. His son died, but he didn't cry. He didn't cry, and his wife left him because she was like, or I don't remember if she left him, but she was mm-hmm. like, how how can you not cry when your fucking kid's dead, you fucking monster? Yeah, I think she, she did leave him. Yeah, and I, but, uh, I remember when he was describing the uh, mighty, what was that? What's that thing called? That oh, was the, basically the Incredible Hulk. Basically the Incredible Hulk, but the the mighty Steiner or something. Yeah. When he was describing that, and when he was dying, he was describing the story and saying, "I don't remember how that story ends." I really wished that 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 there was a point where he would have been like, "I don't remember how that story ends," or if it even existed like i would have i wish they would have showed that it was like a fabrication that he made up because of mm-hmm. the experiments that went on with him right and it was never real it was just like an illusion that he gave himself but because yeah, he goes berserk and just goes ham yeah but whatever i yeah. i thought it was hard we'll, the way that he we'll that never he left know. We'll never know cuz he's dead <laughs> um what else I I liked how they did the the town massacre. Yeah, it was pretty well done. I I liked it because I thought at one point because they did describe how you know there was a similar town that went through this, and the the you know the citizens got crazy and just killed each other. Um, and I thought it was gonna, yeah, I thought it was gonna be the hysteria, kind of like going back to um uh, another where like the students just went crazy and just. And try to kill each other. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be something like that. And I was just like, oh, God, people are just so fucking retarded. But I liked how, how they they wanted to give it that pretense that these people were given guns and people were just shooting each other left and right. Where in reality, it was these outsiders coming in and just and doing, killing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like, and, and I love that whole build up and just how. How all of that just came together. How they showed you, um, fucking, I forget his first name, Popa, you know, the twins, um, experiment haver. Mm-hmm. They, sh- they show him to you right away, but you don't know it 
until they bring yeah. it up and you're like fuck he's been yeah. there the whole time you thought that he was gonna come up in some fantastical way no we showed him to you and you fell for it like a fucking idiot yeah and and it's one of those things where these these people and you see this a lot with like nazi um soldiers or nazi you know generals and stuff where they're trying to hide in plain sight, but they get caught eventually. This, this mm-hmm. it has the same feeling. Yeah, and then even even when they were outside in the rain, and Johan just fucking appears, mm-hmm. and you don't expect it at all. You're just as caught. You're just as caught off guard as Tenma was, mm-hmm. and as basically as everybody was. Right, and ah. Uh, just the that whole final sequence of events is mm-hmm. i really like that it made me go huh maybe this show is amazing and then i remembered the rest of the show and i was like oh yeah i didn't like a lot of that stuff <laughs> but yeah. but that that whole sequence was pretty fucking good i, I kind of liked how they referenced uh the beast uh from the bible as johan Cause, um, oh, the, the drunkard, yeah, the drunkard guy. Yeah, the drunk guy shoots him, but then when they were questioning him, like why he shot him, he says that he saw a monster with seven heads. Yeah, and I was like, that's that's pretty cool. Like, it's one of those things where they it doesn't feel like it's like hand fisted in there. It's just like, it, I mean, it's just uh, it's a monster. Yeah, and it's like a product of his time. And if you don't know the reference, well, that's fine. Think of it as a monster with seven heads. But if you do know the reference, hey, we put a Bible reference in there. Yeah, and all these, all the serial killers that were getting, um, they were getting questioned by the psychologist that was mm-hmm. recording them. They all described the monster in their own way. Mm-hmm. Like they, one guy said he appeared as an alien. He spoke an alien language, and he changed his you know, language to suit, you know, what he could understand. Another guy said that he was a vampire and he was a real vampire. And mm-hmm. I I just like the way that all of these killers described him as their own interpretation of different monsters. Right. Some, some immortal entity Yeah, is what you get out of where he just cannot die. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. And at the end, it pretty much just shows you he cannot die. <laughs> He can't. He's, he's, he's been fine. brought back to life twice for sure. Who knows how many times before that? Yeah. With fucking gunshots to the fucking head. Yeah, in the same place too. Same place, same guy. Same scene. Gorgeous. Beautiful. Un- a masterpiece. A masterpiece. Except for, <laughs> you know, those parts I didn't like. Except for, you know, the, the long dragon. Yeah, you know, whatever. But um, one of the side stories that I... I felt like it was it started to ramp up and then they just kind of went on a tangent where they show when they showed a uh, Martin and him having to um basically escort Ava like that like that whole story yeah. I thought yeah, yeah, yeah. when it first started I was like ah oh my fucking god just get to the goddamn story <laughs> but th- and then that little arc happened to be um basically it just set up Mm-hmm. Like this, the story was already a little bit dark, mm-hmm. but then this this little tangent helped set up how much darker everything was about to get, right? Because of just 
the whole like the whole story ever just questioning why she's still alive wanting to mm-hmm. die falling in, in you know in love guy. with every guy falling in lust with this one guy and that guy mm-hmm. being the one that's going to kill her he's finally changing his ways you know that whole thing yeah i like i really like one the voice to the character mm-hmm. and three the story of that entire thing it made me actually right. like eva more than i expected to like her ever See, here, here's the thing that I that I like about her character. I love to fucking hate her because she's a yeah, bitch. Yeah, she's a fucking bitch. She's a giant Even bitch. That, that whole, like, the way she contorts her face when she laughs yeah. and she smiles and she's just, like, bragging about, I know, for, I've seen Johan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, every time she makes that, every time she makes that face, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, and and I hate her because she's toying with Tenma, or she's always threatening to you know take it to the cops, and she does at one point, and then she like kind of rescinds or reneges, and and she's just playing around, and, then, and I, I don't know, I just hated her really, really like a lot, but towards like the very end, she just you know. She, she she just turns a new leaf. She turns a new leaf. She, she understands how much of a piece of shit she is. Mm-hmm. And she tells herself all of these horrible things that I've done. How am I still alive? Why am I still alive? I just want to mm-hmm. fucking end it all. And she finally, she goes to, um, she goes to actually, she's able to help Tenma. She gets a gun. She finds all the information necessary to find the, you know, Johan's apprenticed man. And mm-hmm. she finally gets there. She's with Tenma. She's helping him. And then at the very end, she gets abandoned one more time. And she's crying in the car. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. I, I actually care. Yeah. But, but towards the end, she has a happy ending at least where she's sobering up. She's an interior fucking, designer. She's an interior designer. Like she's she's enjoying what she does now. And um, for some reason, so, you're happy for her. Yeah, and I'm like, well, good for you. Yeah. you're not a huge bitch. You're, after you're all. not a pe- you're not as big as a piece of shit as I thought. Yeah, hope you stay that way. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess we won't. But yeah. you know, I would well, like to think we'll see. I, I mean, at one point, I I. Early on, I I was thinking, you know, you know what? She's redeemable. You know, she has some redeemable qualities. She's she's gonna turn a new leaf eventually because she finds a man and you know that loves her. And I thought that was gonna be the end of her, but she toys with these guys, and um, it, you know which one I'm talking about? The the gardener. The what? The gardener. The gardener. Yeah. The gardener. The the guy that was tending like her her like. Her garden, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but like she was like just toying with with him, or he wasn't really toying; he was like flirting. But then like she just she was like, "I don't love you. You're you're too poor for me." But then she's invited to this guy's Christmas party with with his daughter, and so she's like, "You know what? I'm gonna go to this Christmas party." And she takes a, a present with her, but the guy's ex wife comes in and like. They they meet up and they're talking and it's a happy family and she sees this from the window and she's just like she's like never gonna get love. I remember this, but I feel like it was one of those things that I didn't pay as much attention to 
as I would have. Mm-hmm. Like I, re- I remember that specific scene you saying of her, um, like seeing the family and never not being able to get love. I remember that scene, mm-hmm. but I don't remember like the whole thing before yeah. that. See, before that, I was thinking, okay, she found Amanda loves her, like truly loves her, and she's gonna have a happy ending. Okay, good for her. But then that happens, which which was wasn't the guy's fault, but she's just like. Like somehow she's the victim of all this because she's the one that that pushed her away, mm-hmm. but somehow it's it's the other guy's fault. Mm-hmm. And then that's where she goes in a warpath, and she's like, "I'm gonna find Doctor Tenman. I'm gonna, you know, gonna ruin his life. I'm gonna ruin his life because he ruined mine." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, you, 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 bitch! It's all your fault." All right, talk to me about Nina. Nina. So tell me, tell me why she isn't perfect. She is not perfect. You mean like character wise or yeah, just character wise? wise? Eh. I don't know. She's she has a lot of baggage. Um, wah, wah. Baggage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. She's I, honestly, I liked her. I liked her character because she was at one point defenseless. Like on one end, she's defenseless. She's when like, she's first, when she was first introduced, she's just a mm-hmm. fucking Joe Schmo on the street. She's just I, a girl going to college. She's like, trying her goddamn hardest. She's working a job, trying to graduate, mm-hmm. getting the mm-hmm. class late because she's working so hard. Mind you, she has a, a loving family. A loving family that care about right. her so much. Her adopted parents love her, and they haven't told her that she's adopted yet and then the day that they decide to tell her because like i said the show if you have any plans to do that involve a loved one you're gonna die Mm -hmm. they just kill him yeah and um i i liked her her story because it's more human even though it's it's set to a little bit more fantastical you know she was a, a child experiment um she just She's psychologically broken and this and that, but honestly, she's just trying to forget all that. Yeah, and it, trying to move on. The entire show paints her as the one that's the—I mean, she is a victim mm-hmm. at the very end. But when you learn that she was the original experiment, and that you know all the shit that she's been through, and now she's coming—you know—all of this comes to light, and you're like, "Fuck." So Johan mm. is just fucked, and Nina was actually the one that was supposed to be the fucked one. Yeah. Johan just came out that way. Johan just came out that way. He was like, yeah, my Nina. mommy put a wig on me. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um, but, but Nina is... I don't know. Nina... I feel like Nina doesn't paint herself as a victim. No, she doesn't. She's just, But she has every right to, to be a one she is uh i don't know i mean i don't know how, to, how else to describe her other than she's doing her best she she honestly is she she's has a shitty upbringing granted a lot of it was kind of uh repressed mm-hmm. but she comes from a shitty upbringing and she had something really good until johan had a fuck or was it dr tenma let's be honest uh, I mean, Johan was going after her regardless, and True. he was killing anybody that would have any affiliation with 
him and mm-hmm. by proxy, I guess, with Nina because she's affiliated mm-hmm. by him. So I guess eventually right. they would probably die. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you want to blame him coming back to life on Tenma, in which case it's all Tenma's fault. Should have killed him. True, but even then, like again, Nina is human. She has her flaws. She blames Doctor Tenma, but then later on, she's like, you know what? I don't blame it's, you. It's not your fault. You're a doctor. Yeah, yeah. You, you're supposed to save people's lives, no matter mm-hmm. who comes through that table. Right. All lives are created equal, Juan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we we didn't even like talk about the very beginning, where like it just does a, a, a one eighty. And like it becomes the beginning of the show. Yeah. Which is when it becomes good. Yeah. Um so, so the way that I thought the show was gonna be is this like medical drama. It's just, it's just gonna be a medical drama where it was gonna you know, there's corruption in this hospital and it's all for the politics and this and that. Mm-hmm. And then Johan and Nina, in this case Anna, you know, come to this hospital. And Dr. Tenma decides to either save the child that came first or save the politician that, I forgot what he had, like a brain aneurysm or something. Yeah. And if he saves the politician, well, the hospital, the hospital looks good. Yeah, it'll get more prestige. It's, mm-hmm. you know, actual, like actual things that happen in the medical field. Mm-hmm. Right. And then on the other hand, he's, he has this kid that came first and he was literally about to operate this, on this kid. And he's probably the before. only one that he, that can do the surgery. Yeah. Whereas you would think that there would be other competent surgeons at a hospital, at a, you know, what I'm assuming to be a pretty good hospital. You think, but I guess everyone's just, I don't know. They got their freaking medical degrees from a, a cereal box or something. And it's not brain surgery. Wah, wah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. But um. But it, I mean, he decides, and then he's like, "No, I want to do the right thing." And it turns out that the right thing was the wrong thing, and and through all of this, you know, this the saga that that happened. Yeah, that those first few episodes where you slowly see everything building up. Like you're like, oh, what? How? How did all this happen? What happened to the twins? What is this? What is that? And then mm-hmm. you come to find out, oh shit, the person that he saved is the one that caused all this. Fuck. Mm-hmm. And then the story just starts. Like you, you get this piece of paper, and you just start folding it and unfolding it and unfolding it, and it gets bigger and bigger until you mm-hmm. see this, this story web. That's you know it's. It has a beginning and it has an end, uh, but mm-hmm. there are a bunch of branches in between that link up later, and yeah. it's all done. It's all done pretty well. Mm-hmm. Cause, because because to us these kids are nobodies, mm-hmm. and and even then that that's the idea too that these kids were nobodies, but for one reason or another, people just wanted them. They wanted to do experiments on them. They wanted these kids to be these unfeeling, um, like political machines monsters <laughs> <laughs> but um but like we don't know that and then later down the road you when they're telling us all this in all the 74 episodes it's like okay we have this huge big ass mystery and it all surrounds you know these kids and these other groups of people 
I loved the way that their their parent story was told also. I forgot who said it. I forgot if it was Inspector Lungay mm-hmm. or if it was um fuck who who else could it have been? Whoever said the story of yeah. how they were born about mm-hmm. this is a story about a woman whose name doesn't matter and I was like damn and yeah. the father whose name also doesn't matter and I was like fuck mm-hmm. because you thought that um I thought that the father was Francis Pope because that's mm-hmm. what I was led to believe the whole time but then you hear the story about how like basically again these essentially nobodies these um people that were just a part of an experiment mm-hmm. got just turned uh what am i trying to say one these these people that were caught up in an experiment mm-hmm. were just you know just that just test subjects in an experiment for this guy trying to do this thing mm-hmm. that eventually got these emotions ran away fell in love did all this blah 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 mm-hmm. he so dies he dies spoilers <laughs> but and just the story that all the shit that the mom went through and then seeing the mom at the very end made me go, huh, I got, I got a few questions for mommy. Yeah. No. Mind you, this, this isn't like a mother housewife does the cleaning, the, the cooking and all that. This was the way that they were telling who, who this lady is, is she was a scientist. Yeah. Like she was a genetic geneticist. She was a geneticist. Yeah. And it's and it's crazy because it's like she was a geneticist, but she went through these experimentations, and not by her own free will at all. Yeah, and and like she didn't do anything afterwards. Like she never pursued anything. She just ended up in a convent. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's crazy. The irony. Yeah. How she was a genetic experiment, then she was a geneticist. <laughs> and then she went to a convent. Then she went to a convent, just like all geneticists do. Just like all the geneticists do. <laughs> from all the way from uh, Dr. Mendel. How do you feel about. So, you watched it dubbed also, right? Mm-hmm. Like the endings, you didn't see any of the Japanese variants? No, until I saw like maybe a few seconds uh, on YouTube. Okay, because I. The, the intro in English and in Nipponese is the same but mm-hmm. the ending uh the first ending that it had i liked a lot better um just because of the way like the tone of the it had like a shrilly voice but it also yeah. fit the song a lot better See, yes and um i and was the japanese any different? was it was the japanese any different yeah the ending um, well, I don't know how yours was. The one that I saw, mm-hmm. uh, the American ending had no had no lyrics. It was just instrumental. It was it was a it was a it was a Shirley voice, like you were saying. It was like a, an operatic. Yeah the the first ending voice. I I liked a lot. That's how the uh, Japanese one was, at least where I was watching it. Since mm-hmm. this is not, and if you want to watch this anime, you're gonna have to put on an eye patch, get on your boat, buy a parrot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh True. yeah uh the second ending i didn't like too much it was the one that was like ah, 
and I, I can't I can't do it. But you know. really, like, did it have lyrics in, in yours? In the English one, it didn't have any lyrics. But in the Japanese one, all the the lyrics were all in Japanese. Hmm. So you know, mm, I yeah yeah. And I, I don't know. I I like both songs in the beginning and the end, especially because the the intro song it had that it had that I don't know yeah uneasiness. Yeah, it had a it had an uneasiness. It it did that thing where um the audio peaks and your fucking mm-hmm. speakers start start to crackle, but it doesn't mm-hmm. on purpose, mm-hmm. and it just gives you this feeling of just right. like fuck. What what right. is and, this? Like you said, the general uneasiness. Mm-hmm. And and even like there is a drum beat that synchronized with another beat and then at one point it didn't and it gives that that uneasiness it 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 gave that silent hill vibe because the instruments that there it was using it had a rock sense to it but it wasn't being rock yeah it was very atmospheric mm-hmm. and i liked it uh, it was very atmospheric it had that creepy vibe to it it was like silent hill feel like the the first Silent hill games where it used the guitars and in the desynchronized beats and all that mm-hmm. um and i liked the outro a lot because that sound that 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 choir or that operatic sound that it had to it mm-hmm. that's the the kind of sounds that i imagine when it has to do with these like super this is almost supernatural almost um uh, what's the mystery and and you know otherworldliness to it, mm. and that's that's how I that's the the sound that I hear when I when I think of this show when I think of Johan more particularly when like this this otherworldly person that tries to act like a human but they're they're not really all there and you just don't know their motives and kind of like. They could literally be the devil, yeah. For all we know, and they do a good job with Johan's personality, um, mannerisms, everything. Mm-hmm. To where slowly but surely throughout the show, and like until the very end, you just see him as inhuman. Mm-hmm. Like he he's in a human form, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously because he's in a human form, he's gonna look like a person. Come on, yeah, yeah. But they do a good <laughs> job. Um, just giving him a deadness and just right. no life coming from mm-hmm. his eyes, coming from anything that he does, even his speaking in the at least in the in the English dub, he's mm-hmm. just a a vessel for this force. Yeah, he because he it's weird because his voice is very calming, not monotone. He's just very you know soft-spoken and very effeminate mm-hmm. but the the so. few times where we do see like this monster-like quality to him he doesn't change his voice no it's and, it's the same yeah and and it's like you don't see the emotion but he will cut a bitch <laughs> <laughs> and we we've seen him we see him do that a lot yeah well, sometimes off screen, but yeah. Sometimes off screen. 
and the and I don't I looked up who did the music for it. It's a uh, Kunyaki Haishima. He did you know the background music and stuff for it. And it's I don't know any other show that he did. I mm-hmm. you know I have a list of it here in front of me, but I can't say that I've mm-hmm. seen them, so I can't I don't know how good they are, but he mm-hmm. did a really good job with this show. He did. Yeah, he really did because um a lot of the shows that that we want you hear the same song, the same theme over and over and over again. Literally like in the within the same you know episode you hear the same, the same song yeah. up time and time again. And whereas this one you don't hear it as much. Yeah. And you know, they all have you know, there there are obviously um songs that repeat, background songs that repeat, mm-hmm. certain things, mm-hmm. certain melodies that happen right. certain amount of times because that's just that's how things work one it mm-hmm. provides this familiarity mm-hmm. that helps you associate that certain song or tune mm-hmm. to a certain feeling that happens right. and two because i mean come on you can't it's fucking expensive to come up with music every single yeah. episode come on <laughs> yeah and and he he uses it i guess sparingly and for and for 74 episodes, that says a lot because he doesn't use the same song again. He uses it when he um, needs it. Yeah. And when he does use it, it just gives it that more emotional. Like the the times when Dieter, which is another character that, that kind of uh, Dr. Tenma picks That, that maybe and, he shouldn't exist, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that shouldn't exist, but he's kind of like the, the child that kind of rounds Dr. Tenma. Yeah. Um, when he's playing and stuff, it has kind of like that joyous tune to it. But um, uh, the other times, you do hear some darker tones when, you know, there's a, a plot going on. Or they just leave it empty, so you're just listening to the characters talk. And other times you hear like this, this thud that that echoing happened. that echoing percussive beat. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say that that's my favorite of all the background sounds music. Mm-hmm. Like whenever, whenever something mysterious is going on, and you hear that per- percussive echoing. Yeah. It's like what is happening? Yes. Yeah, what is this about to go down. That, that we're that we're gonna be exposed witnessing? to? Ah, yeah. I the twist was there was no twist. Ha ha. <laughs> the twist was uh, you'll find out in twenty more episodes. <laughs> God. But um, yeah. yeah, and I also feel like a lot of these other characters, while not essential, did provide. Like they did, um, exist as a way of gathering inform, like a good way of gathering information while letting Tenma go out and do his, um, you know, do his work, do mm-hmm. do keep continuing on in his adventure while they present more information to the audience itself. You know, the mm-hmm. people watching the show. Mm-hmm. Right, like uh. And a lot of characters did that, so it wasn't Doctor Tenma necessarily being the detective. Yeah, he, he did. He did research every once in a while, but you see a lot of him helping out other people. Yeah, like the, using his his literal doctorate degree to 
help out to people. help out people. Mm-hmm. And then the other, like the criminal psychologist, is the one that comes up with a lot of stuff. And then the other psychologist comes up with a lot of stuff. Detectives come mm-hmm. up with a lot of stuff. People like all this information is presented to you in a pretty believable way. Mm-hmm. To where like it's not just it's not just Tenma being fucking god. Yeah, it's not like uh, I've. I also have a doctorate in criminology, and let me just go and uh, be a detective now. I'm a man trapped in a boy's body, and I know everything. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm a genius. Do- <laughs> I'm a doctor. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it, it's very believable. And if they told me that this was based off of like true events, I would have believed that too. Because it, it is grounded. It does feel like it's grounded in reality. Yeah, it, it, it feels grounded enough to where mm-hmm. you can see this being a... I mean, if, you've, if you're like me and you look into enough, you know, serial killers or horrible events that happen, you mm-hmm. come to find out that humans are capable of a lot of um, fantastical bullshit. Uh, mm-hmm. some, sometimes imagination is... Um, not as grand as things that have actually occurred. Mm-hmm. And I like how they cemented this in a specific period is by just mentioning certain events like the Berlin Wall and, and that. And even then, like afterwards, uh, they, the the fall of the Berlin the, Wall the echoes of, throughout the show. Yeah, the fall of uh, communism and mm-hmm. this and that. Secret police. Secret police, yeah, because they're, they're in... Uh, the Czech Republic. So there's the secret police. How they're still out there and and, and all that. I got an AA. Oh, go ahead. I was just, I was just gonna make a stupid comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was gonna say every time I hear secret police, because I listen to Welcome to Night Vale for long enough, I just think of the announcer of or the narrator for Welcome to Night Vale saying the something something secret police and it's i don't i don't know i guess i just listened to enough for me to be like fuck <laughs> good or decent mis like what's the word what's that word one um it's a decent um not obscure but whatever it has like that occult i guess a decent occult semi unsettling kind of podcast until it goes on for maybe longer than it should have. Hmm. But still alright. Hmm. Well, I'll give it a go because I, I know when that popped up and it got popular. Yeah. but uh, And it's you should listen until an episode called The Story About You I would say. Hmm. But nah, we'll see. Or The Story About Them. I think hmm. that's maybe one of the last good ones. But you know, mm-hmm. uh, what else you got to say about Monster? Oh, we said a lot because it's a very long episode, and it was really good. Characters were good, and um, everything was good except for maybe the pacing in the middle. Maybe the pacing in the middle. The entire adventures of Dieter and Ken and fucking Tenma, I feel like could have just been cut out. I feel like Dieter could have just disappeared. I get, I get what he, I, I get why he was there, but yeah, I feel like he grounded him because he was also experiments or the the new kids that were going to be part of this experiment, 
But um, Dieter grounds Tenma. Because Tenma's a bad boy and needs to go to the corner before he gets a pow-pow. <laughs> I guess. And he also grounds uh, Nina, Nina slash Anna. Yeah, like, I understand why he exists, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, the you, way you that they entered... Him. Like, I... Yeah. If they didn't take so long to, in, to like... Um... To build up his character, to if they didn't take so long to develop his character, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. minded him as much. But mm-hmm. like, I like him being there as like a little background piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but fuck, they just took away so much of my time to the point where, like I said, I wanted to drop it. They, yeah, like for you, it was because they focused a few character, a few episodes on, on him. They focused too much on not the story. Hmm. And just show, like I said, the adventures of Dieter and Tenma going mm-hmm. on adventures, saving people's lives. And, and like, mm-hmm. I get it. I get why those episodes are there. But come on. I got I got 50 other episodes to watch. Just, just <laughs> get this ball rolling. Yeah. True. All right, Juan. So overall, what would you score oh, this show? I'd give it... Mm, I give it 4.75 bullets to the head. <laughs> I'd probably go ahead and give it 4.5 bullets to the head. Only because, like, the, while I was watching this entire show, I kept mm-hmm. I kept joking around to everybody. Like, I'm, I'm still waiting for the show to get amazing. You know, <laughs> eventually the show's going to get amazing. I'm sure of it. I, You know, I'm maybe on episode 64, but it's going to get amazing <laughs> at one point. And uh, it gets pretty good, but it mm-hmm. never gets amazing. But I feel like that's, I don't know, you went to it uh, fairly blind. You hadn't heard mm-hmm. about the show at all. But right. um, I feel like I could have been, I could have liked the show more if I hadn't been recommended this show so many times or mm-hmm. had people like praising it as much. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's a show where if somebody would tell me, should I watch it? I'd be like, yeah. But, uh, you know, just push through the first, like, 20 episodes. And then it gets it gets good. Yeah. And then it gets or, better. Or you can be like, hey, if you watch uh, Game of Thrones, if you binge all, you can also binge Monster. Yeah, if you don't mind uh, nothing happening <laughs> for a while. I mean, that's what happens in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's, that's why I said <laughs> if you don't mind nothing happening every now and then you might actually think this show is amazing mm-hmm. because uh i i can if i can understand why those people felt the way that they did mm-hmm. the people that said that this show's really good it's because this show is a good drama it's a good crime drama it's a good mm-hmm. mystery mm-hmm. and yeah i i hope someone picks it up or or whoever owns it you know they do something with it because it it's a really good show and I feel like it could do a lot in a in a format. Yeah. Granted, granted, it should do it in like an episode kind of way instead of like a movie. No, you can't. I mean, you can make this into a movie if you really wanted to, but I mean, you, it's gonna it's lose. Like, oh, it's gonna lose it, a lot of the of what the show is the character. You're right. You're you're right because uh, this show is more character driven, and um, the movie will just cut out a lot of that and give 
give you the, the, the story, which is what I yeah. want. But at the same time, the characters are what make the story more mm-hmm. interesting than it is. Right. Mm-hmm. True, true. All right, Juan. So next episode is going to mm-hmm. be, again, our last episode until we decide to pick this um the podcast back up for like regular episodes again and we'll be doing fillers in the meantime but in that next episode we are gonna be discussing what everyone has all been waiting for neon genesis evangelion yeah uh, we're probably going to talk about the, you know, the 26 episode show and maybe the three movies. I don't know if, if Rebuild is any different, but I'm sure you can talk to that. I want to invite Frankie on here um, because the last time that I, we had him on here, I remember at one point there was like a 10 minute conversation that I had to cut out of an episode about Evangelion. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, let's let's go out with a bang. People mm-hmm. have didn't, didn't, didn't Gabe also want to be in it too? Yeah, I invited Gabe on it also. Okay, so we're going to have a... So we're, if Frankie does it, we might have five people on here. We'll see mm-hmm. if Mike gets on. I mean, okay. the only reason I, you know, the only reason he missed this episode was because he had things to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. We'll ask and him what he wants, what he thought about it on a filler or something. This is probably going to be the first show where I actually go out of my way and watch it in Spanish, because I already watched in, in English and I already watched in Japanese. Mm. Now, so, so now is the time. Now is the time. And I guess this is going to be uh, the second time I probably watch Evangelion, but I haven't seen any of the movies, so there's that. Mm. Time to watch the movies. Yeah, let's, let's rent them and watch them. Yeah, rent them. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's go to iHeartVideo and uh, rent them. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll get them in Redbox, don't worry. <laughs> Alright, and if you want to send us some Redbox movies under your name that we won't return, you could send them <laughs> to mbtpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at Magical Broadcast. On Facebook, we are facebook.com forward slash mbtpodcast. I have been your host, Nuni. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Say bye, Juan. Bye. Bye. Bye.